Hi, this is kind of jaded with Casey Hill and Caroline. Me, 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 me. Ooh. Hello. Okay. First things first, your hair does not look red anymore, Casey. Next to I just realized our I guest. Wait. Oh yeah. Well, in, in, in contrast, in yeah, contrast, like your hair my is hair is red. doing some brunette. Uh, yeah, it's, it's giving mouse brown. I'm mouse and my today. my hair looks like the McDonald's arches right now. <laughs> did you just um just like a bleach bath? And that's fresh. Just yesterday, I know. But once you get your hair, like once you do a bleach out, you can't like or you get it toned. You can't like wash. You can't it for bleach a few days. in. Oh, so it's just like crunchy. Yeah, it's just Ooh. like you know, totally. It's crispy. I, I like this though. The cowlick, like so it much. looks like um, like a Drew Barrymore. I kind of have those. The inspo, the inspo yeah. was Drew. Wait, should I do them too? Like, yeah, let's I do have, them. Too. <laughs> I have a natural cowlick there that I I actively. Um, we should introduce our guest. This intro, sorry, we're so rude. <laughs> okay. We're literally just we're bad at this. We're genuinely, it's appalling. Um, sir, this week. Right now, as we speak, we're sitting with Donna Missile, and I'm so excited. Hello. I'm so excited. Welcome. Thank you for having I love it. We were just talking about how we love podcasts. Podcasts. like our podcast, or let me guess, never listen to it. (laughs) Don't Don't answer it. I had to listen before I came over to know what I was getting myself into. What episode did you listen to? Don't quiz, Kara. I don't want to know. She can lie. Uh, she can lie. <laughs> yeah. It was the last one you put out. It was just the most okay, recent. Perfect. Okay, good. I feel that like was that's a, a good really sample. good one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys rate your own? You're like, Podcasts? this one was good. This one. I feel like when we do a good one, we'll like text each other and be like, that was, that was so funny. Good. Oh, <laughs> we're cute. really annoying. But well, like, we were so funny today. <laughs> okay, so you're saying you've been doing it for like a year now? Yeah. Yeah. It's so fucked up every week, pretty much. Every week. Have you ever done it in person, the two of you? Like, yeah, yeah, twice. yeah. We, yeah, we did the first episode together. And then in your yeah, martini been... shirt, which you just, uh, yeah, that sold. I just I'm sold. devastated. Are you mad? I know. Yeah, did I'm devastated. You should have framed it. It was like a beautiful vintage. How do you describe it? Vintage. You're saying it was beautiful. <laughs> it was a vintage was beautiful. pink tank top with a bedazzled like sequin martini on it and the, awesome. the martini yeah i know i shouldn't have well i do feel though that like you gotta like let purge let clothes go mm, yeah so true. especially it's- if your style is that of like like a collector mm-hmm. like you know more collection style like you gotta make room i also I I'm, I'm so broke that i will take like pieces that I've worn even just a couple times and just be like um I'll just bring them in somewhere that you do like the trade buy thing Mm -hmm. and just like replace them with other stuff that I'll wear a couple times where do you do that oh wherever you can I mean crossroads is where they'll actually buy my stuff because the the kids doing the buying are young and you go in there with yeah. colored hair and they're like, she must know. She knows what she's No, everything. I know some of those places are so scammy though. Like you'll bring in like new stuff with tags and they're like, sorry, like in the dump. I always totally. feel so like, I feel so like broken after I'm like, I guess, I, I guess I'm not as cool as I thought, you know? 
like sorry. We don't want that. So sorry we for bringing it to you. No, we don't want that. <laughs> sorry for ruining your day. Thanks for carving out a uh, time for me today. Uh, I'll be out of here. It's like so. Like I do leave kind of broken every time. Uh, but I maybe that's me. I can tell you too. Like, just find the right one. I go. To, I go in Pasadena. So like, Ooh, yeah. You know, like, just know what to bring. You know, like mm-hmm. you can, you can scam them right back is what I'm saying. Oh God. I buy That's things yeah. from the crossroad over here. I wear them for a week. I bring uh, them to the crossroad over there. No. You have a system. Yeah. I've got a system. I have like a little, okay. I don't want to like see. out this because it's too good of a hack. Okay. Um, But maybe everyone knows about it. I don't know. Reddit exists. So it's probably somewhere on there. Anyway, so there's, do you guys know what value village is? Yes. yes. It's basically yeah, like Goodwills, but like, like Value yeah, Village is thrift store, yeah. Value Village is like the one in Canada. So like okay. we don't we have like Goodwills, but they're like Value Village is the one. Anyway, so I bought a tagging gun. Kara. And what? I'm sorry. I feel like this is gonna go please continue. This is gonna be a wild scam, but I'm ready. It's not okay. I've heard it through the grapevine, it like trickled down to me. So basically, when you buy clothes at Value Village, you take them home. And then instead of like, when you want to, I mean, like donate things, <laughs> this is such a scam. You have to keep coming. So you, you <laughs> have, okay, <laughs> the fact that I can't even finish because I'm embarrassed. Um, okay, so the tags will say like women's shirt or like pants or whatever. Like yeah. they're very generic. Yeah. So you just keep the tags. And then you, anything you want to like get rid of, you just bring back like within 30 days and like get a exchange. I'm saying you return so, it. Kate, what's so great. I was going to be like, you know what you I mean? Buy clothes and then return them. But the fact that you bought a tagging gun. What I she's had doing a tagging is gun. buying clothes, taking the tag meticulously off mm-hmm. and then re-gunning it to a different. Different item. item and then bringing, and bringing it back to Value back. Village and being like, and then either getting like exchanging like it's just like you have 30 days and then you can get like a credit if it's a distribution you're just basically getting yeah so you're basically just getting free thrift clothes forever that's so good now i'm collect i haven't i I, you know what's funny i haven't actually even done it yet but i know about it and i have a tagging down i'm collecting the tags and unfortunately all the tags i have are just wild like i'm like what is this it's like it's like um like too specific of, yeah it's oh, yeah, like yeah. you'll have to check back know, in on the progress like yeah the i same. will i'm gonna do it i'm collecting the tags and one day i'm just gonna but the thing is, is you have to buy and then have like receipt with those things on it. oh so see, honestly it's more complex. work than anyway anything just yeah. for like a couple rags for like a few bucks yeah yeah I, but yeah. babe it's Any tough hack. out here what I'm saying it is tough out here and I also okay I wanted to bring Donna on because I feel like all of us have very similar or parallel experiences in the music industry yeah we are part of a club yes (laughs) yeah we were just talking about the the dropped club we are part of a club of dropped artists I love it and so yeah we have to be thrifty and donna just released her this is your first independent single right yes and i watched the video and it's so fucking good thank you so much. you're amazing thank you did you choreograph that yourself 
This was choreographed by my friend who also okay. directed. It was her first time directing also. Oh my God. But you're such an amazing dancer. Well, I, I, um, didn't, I don't have like a dance background, but I trained for a couple of months to do that. Oh, so sick. she trained me. I think we did 60 hours wow. of dance over two months. Um, yeah, it became like just the only thing I was doing, which was it. like absolutely necessary for, you know, talking about like, I don't know, figuring out how to enter world as artist post dropping. Oh I feel God. like you got to like find a couple things yeah. to like cling to very mm -hmm. specifically yeah, and just like drill down on those things because the resource pool drops like oh so instantly so drastically that it's like okay so the folk like the the way that even came together was just by being like what do i have access to um my physical body <laughs> Here it's still there <laughs> we still got one thing it's myself <laughs> but it's funny that that Karen and i talk about that a lot we're like being independent forces you in so many ways to be the most resourceful yeah. like you've ever been. Because not only is it like, you know, being younger and just making music or, you know, whatever, like growing up and doing music or whatever, because you're like, oh, this is fun. I'm going to do whatever I can with what I have. But it's like your livelihood depends on it, too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how the fuck do I stay alive? In so, a way that, like, I think the, the for me, at least just to speak just on, like, and you guys can tell me how it felt for you, but, like, it was a consciousness shift because I had, I feel like I got indoctrinated into the idea that there would, the resource pool from the moment you have, yeah. are given access to it, it just, it's always there for you from that mm -hmm. moment on. Like whenever yeah. you need resources for something, they'll be there because you just I felt that way too. Right. So it's like you can't imagine going from there's budgets and there's a team and there's an infrastructure to like there's no budgets and there's no team and there's no infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So like you kind of only learn how to do stuff with yeah. not unlimited resources, but certainly resources that are mm -hmm. specifically allocated for that. And mm -hmm. then when you enter independent world, you know, all of that is determined by you. Mm -hmm. And the resource pool goes from you have access like immediately when like not, you know, I'm sure. And I would love to hear more from you guys, but like it doesn't mean there's whenever you want to do something, there's just a green light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's people there to like if you're like, I want to make a video, there's people there to like walk you through that process. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think all of us kind of were in a really for a limited time only and a place of you know privilege in a way where you do yeah you have like budgets for making cool visual things like Kara's mm. project kid you guys made like insane music videos yeah that Nadia Lee Cohen directed and they were mm -hmm. like they were so fucking cool and then I remember going to London and then Paris to shoot music videos and then like my cover artwork and stuff and it was like the thought of spending that much money on visuals right now that's my entire project budget insane <laughs> like yeah, no. that's for everything now i also th thought that was so interesting to learn i think a lot of this stuff 
when you just get the the privilege of yeah. just making the art and just other people work out logistically how it comes together like I don't know I I had no idea that things they'll 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 take something that cost X amount and the, mm -hmm. the way they market it is by spending three or four times that X mm -hmm. amount. Yeah. Like, so the marketing of the thing costs way more than the creation yeah. of the thing. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was a really confusing lesson to learn because it's yeah. like, why wouldn't the product be given like the most resource? And yeah. that's something I'm trying to figure out kind of like retroactively now how to make sense of that well think of like what you just made your video that you just made probably for you know a lot less than something you were you made before when you were assigned to a label and it's incredible you should be you know so proud of it thank you so much you know what's weird you too is like when you're on a label there's a lot of like red tape stuff that you don't mm -hmm. like I just didn't do for this like and I'm not gonna get like someone to come on set and get paid you know for the day to be there to just make sure that I don't like fall and hurt myself mm -hmm. you know like where labels are oh, like yeah. oh there's someone for every imaginable job and now you know mm -hmm. in post-covid world it's like there's a covid controller on set yeah. and like we just this was bare this was like yeah. the only people on set were those that were absolutely necessary and I like that though I mean you know it's that's safe. it's the DIY experience it. it's like and honestly like there's a lot of stuff that I'm convinced is done just to pay people and yeah. not necessarily because it's you know necessary or meaningful to the shoot that mm -hmm. you're doing it's just like well this is how we do it it seems yep. I mean I think a lot of it is just to make jobs easier for other people mm -hmm. and in a and you know with good reason because it's really fucking tiring to do a shoot bare bones it's like that's all i've done the last you know since i've been independent the last like four years five years and it's incredibly tiring and you're like oh i see why everyone here has an assistant or like a you know what i mean because totally. it's like cool people can actually take breaks and you can actually like hopefully run things more on schedule and not it, it it's like when you're doing things bare bones you're like oh yeah uh we need to somehow figure out how we eat right like right something like, that you wouldn't really like pizza like. yeah <laughs> and also like <laughs> where is the pizza? time yeah, yeah there's no time there's no time you're like oh, okay we need to get this all done but in a way it's like I don't know I don't I'm interested to hear your perspective because there is kind of a club of of artists I think that I've know come to know in LA and we've like bonded over this where in a lot of ways it feels like you hopefully end up making some of your best work because it's totally. so or at least most meaningful to you because it's so mm. grueling totally. and honest and like you're do, again, kind of doing it out of survival where you're like, everything feels like it's treated as the last thing you maybe will get to do. Totally. Yeah. And also like necessity, the, just the necessity of something mm -hmm. can like be a really interesting like creative well to pull from. Mm -hmm. I always found that like limitations can help you access yeah. 
some of your most interesting ideas because like for this video like in just looking at at the time that I was putting it together and you know in just like the initial concept was coming together like I said it was as a result of not having any resources mm -hmm. and just looking at like what do I have and the answer was so m minimal mm. and inevitably I did you know while we were like putting this thing together logistically I was able to get some financial help from a distributor and that came in like at the final hour and so we were able to get a great editor and Amazing. a great DP and great colorist and all of that really affects the final you know Absolutely. like yeah. but where it where it came from like the idea for the video was purely a result of like I'm pretty sure the only thing I'm gonna have to make this with is like a camera person and a choreographer and myself yeah so like that's why the concept of the video came to be at all and I don't think mm -hmm. that I would have um, gotten myself involved in such an in-depth grueling process of like going from not knowing how to do something to training and then learning how to do something and then presenting that yeah. in you know like in the final form and doing the performance of the you know this dance combat choreography that I didn't know how to do two months prior like I don't think I would have imagined that being the video if it weren't for the parameters of like there's no money and no one it, no one cares yeah and no one's asking you for content or video like there was yeah. no one even knew music was coming out you know and I had just just been dropped so there was nobody anymore like hey what's go you know yeah mm -hmm. where's it at what's going on with you it was just like I need to really have, just alone having yeah. yourself yeah. like motivate and push yeah. yourself is absolutely I felt like I don't know about you guys but I like had been kind of chasing this. I was in bands from when I was like 14 and I was like chasing this like label thing. Like, yeah. you know, it was, it was the way, right? Like it was like, you know, like, once I get signed, and, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, once I get signed and then it opens up this whole like, you know, new world. But I feel like for so long, just like being in the label kind of like grind or whatever I got so like yeah like accustomed to having help through things and I felt like once I went independent I felt like a newborn baby like I I yeah. literally felt like I do not know how to navigate on my own and that was like a huge learning curve for me and I feel like I'm a better artist for it like I can do things on my own now like I don't know that sounds kind of like I don't know like it was it was different the work was different now it's like I have to do the like the fucking emails and the fucking like little nitty-gritty things and like communicate with like someone who's like not not like, communicate but like really kind of like help execute things and be able to like vocalize what I want and like you know you have to In have this like deeper like yeah and like have and... this like deeper understanding of like every little moving part and how to do it because I was like really young too and I feel like I we had like a manager now I don't even have a manager so I'm like doing everything alone and I mean I have friends and like people who are helping me and like 
doing amazing work and like, you know, um, but yeah, I felt like I had to relearn everything. Like I was like, I don't even know how to fucking like, I didn't even like, I could barely like record my own vocals at that point. And now like, I've just come so far, but it was, it's terrifying because you're like, (laughs) I felt like I know this industry so well. And I'm like, I've been in it for so long. And then like, I'm like plop and I'm just like alone. Like I have no idea how to even like re-enter the music industry on my own. Like I don't even know what step to take. And now it's like Spotify and all that shit, which I like was not even dealing with because our label was dealing with all of it. And I was just like, okay. But yeah, I think that like being independent can like, like help you just like develop new skills and kind of it's nice being able to do things for yourself, you know? I didn't, what, what was your experience? If you want to talk about it, like kind of getting dropped, did you feel, did you kind of feel this like tension coming within the label or were you just, do you feel like you were blindsided or not at all? Like, no, I don't know that I've never talked to someone who's like, I had no idea. I feel like you no you know right like because the dynamics change yeah. and suddenly they don't want to spend money on things 100 percent. so like my, oh sorry Go ahead. no please i oh i was just saying my situation was fucking weird because i quit my band <laughs> we weren't even dropped like we just like i quit the band because like the there was just like a lot of i mean they definitely pumped so much fun you know when they're like up your ass and they're all like, yeah. yes, yes, like sycophants. And they're just like, like, this is going to be huge. And they pumped all this money into our videos before we had even like, tr- like built like a big enough fan base to like, you know, Care. Um, our videos cost a lot of money, <laughs> which we should have used for some other shit. But um, and then it was kind of like, you know, stagnant for a bit. And then I ended up like quitting the band because of just like some other personal stuff. And, and then it was just like, well, la, la, la. And then it just like, they were just like, okay, well, bye. I was like, wait, you don't want me alone by myself? I'm (laughs) so awesome. Is that what you wanted? Oh, yeah. When you quit the band? To stay on the label and do an independent, like, or an an I don't know if I was ready for it at that point. Like, I hadn't even... Like I had a band, my bandmate and kid, and we were like, so we had been in bands together since I was 14. So we were like, so codependent and like, he was like a really strong writer. And I feel like I leaned on him a lot. Um, And he was like my crutch through everything. Like we had each other. So I don't think I was like, at that point, I was ready to like, be able to do it on my own. But, um, and then I was like, oh, like, do I even want to make music? Like, I just wanted to be like, free of everybody I was like I just don't want anybody you know I had I had had like people managers like weird men and like all this shit just like needing things from me and like telling me things and like you know criticizing like whatever my body which is so fucked um and then I was just like I just want everybody off my back so I was like I was so happy to just I didn't really know like I stayed in communication with like some of the people at the label and they were like keep in touch like we love you blah 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 but I just was like I don't even know if I want to make music I was just right. like get so me out of this shit. So you were going through more of like an existential like change and yeah. shit like in your life and in yeah, your I was like, like 
I'm going to go to life. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go on 75 vacations this year and just like have my tits out. That's, I mean, that's and then and then I was like, okay, I miss making music. <laughs> Fine. And I the first that, person right? I yeah. actually worked with who like I owe so much to is, you know, Dylan Brady from 100 yeah. Gags. Mm-hmm. He's the first person. This was before like they put out their project that like catapulted them into like, you know, superstardom. But my friend Cody, I think you know him, Casey, Cody. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Um, anyway, he was like managing him and he was like, hey, you should work with this guy. So that he was the first session I did. And thank God, because like, you know, it went yeah. well. Otherwise, like if I had done some shitty sessions, I probably would have been like, I'm not made for I'm this. I'm done. I'm done well, here. For, but... So for like, this is what makes the drop the dropping thing like it's both this like it's shared experience and then it's also always pretty individualized like mm-hmm. yeah, that is a very specific to you experience like um uh you were ready for something like very big shift mm-hmm. style to happen oh, yeah. in your experience and that needed to be part of it and you were kind of like reframing what was gonna like yeah happen next i didn't love you. it by the end of that i was like i fucking hate this like yeah. the, i also don't know. know anyone and you know would love to meet someone who's like i love it on my label like yeah. i yeah, love babe. it i don't weirdly like maybe like, like dua lipa <laughs> well <laughs> I don't even know because I I feel like the best that you can feel is neutral and be like yeah they ha- me burping because I just ate <laughs> fish sandwich ew I you just burped a- fish I made a smoke trap sandwich out of here. Was so good <laughs> sounds good to me so good yeah anyway <laughs> I feel like the best case scenario is you at least feel neutral about your label and you're like yeah they just make totally. it easier for me to do my job. They don't yeah. like stop me as like a like a some line. yeah. Is, I mean that as a, as a best case scenario is like yeah. that is pretty fucking accurate. Yeah. It's true, but do you feel like because we met? I remember I read you posted a tweet like right after you got dropped, I think, and I was like I saw it, and I'd been following you before, I think, and I had met you briefly through Lauren Glucksman, and I just think you're we love fucking best. Lauren. We love. And I think you're so talented. And then I saw that you got dropped and I was like, I need to reach out to her. Cause I feel like the more that we kind of like talk about stuff and you feel like it's not individual and like, we were just talking Mm -hmm. about this, like it has no reflection on your capability or your talent as an artist, but some people just do not thrive well in certain label situations. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there was a period of mourning for you or you were like, do I even want to do this anymore? Like, what was your initial reaction to that? I think my specific situation was that I got dropped right before an option period. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. like right before mm-hmm. the money comes again to like do another thing. Yeah. So that's both advanced. Wasn't and that budget. nice of them? That I mean, you kind of have to, to be expected to. Right? Yeah. that they're like, OK, it's time to decide. Yeah. And yeah. so. I was kind of looking at a situation where there was, if they picked up the option, there was going to be an advance coming in and a budget. And if they didn't, there wasn't going to be anything coming in and everything had been spent to that point. And my Mm -hmm. lease was ending. So it it was, the morning was more like, it wasn't as emotional as it was like situationally, like 
can I feasibly continue to make me like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, can I, I don't, I can't even like house myself anymore, like overnight, like yeah. overnight. And so it wasn't like a, okay, well, what's next for me? And how do I, you know, what's, what's the next project going to look like? And, you know, who's going to be on the team? Like, that's not where I was yeah, coming from in my life. It was like, oh, do I have to give up music? Because is there no option to make music anymore? Yeah. Like, do I have to move in with my parents? Do I need to go to college? Like, yeah. should I start applying for like real people jobs? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, do I, should I work at Cinnabon? Do I keep myself in LA? Does that make sense? And like, I lived in my car for a couple months after, um, like during that summer, um, after getting dropped just to like, kind of reckon with like, do I, do I stay here and yeah. keep trying? And yeah. it wasn't really a matter of like, am I inspired to make music anymore? Do I still love making music? It really wasn't. Those questions weren't even. Uh, present because that's a that's a really privileged position to be mm-hmm. in that I have been in before yeah while mm-hmm. I was on the label and I had all the resources I needed but at this stage in my life that's that's not where I was coming from so it wasn't even emotional in the sense of like have I fallen out of love with music it was emotional in the sense of like I don't think that I have the means to continue yeah. and I don't know where I'm going to get them. And I don't know how to go from like zero to um, something. Yeah. So it was very emotional for that reason. Like, and never did I even have the space to consider if I liked making music anymore, if I, if I was yeah. inspired to make music. It's kind of like a, yeah that's an interesting way to put it because you also I mean we I feel like we had a long talk also on the way to Northern California one day um, we went to Northern California together we did we went to a, a writing retreat together oh how was that <laughs> it was bizarre I've never been to one and this, I never will go this was or are it. they good you know, we went to Stinson Beach. Have you ever been to Stinson it Beach? No. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Like and that's what beach. we'll say. The beach was the beach beautiful. beautiful. And anyway, you I feel like you you you're you were homeschooled, right? And yeah. you had Whoa. you have a few sisters? Cool. I have four sisters and a brother. Wow. Yeah. And, and you were so all homeschooled? We were. That yeah. is wild. Whoa. And do you yeah. feel like was performing and just like music, all of that just ingrained in you? Like yeah, very inherent, very yeah. like that's just what we did. My my grandparents got us into like uh stage performance and like and like a uh, child acting and modeling and stuff as a way Whoa. to make some money. My grandma mm-hmm. retired and she's like, I'm gonna help these kids go to college because there's six of us. My dad was a teacher and my mom didn't work. Wow. So and we lived in New Jersey. So there was not gonna be like college funds or yeah. like, you know, money to buy a your first car. So they're like, well, we could put you to work. I was 12. And they're like, you could just go do commercials. And being homeschooled meant getting jobs over other kids that like had to be schooled. So started that from a really young age. And I think that just opened up the world to both my parents and, and to us as kids too, that it was possible to have like a career in the arts that like those two things, career and art could be like connected. Yeah. And I, I think that's why I even like had access to totally. like, knowing that that was a thing that you could do. Did Where, you enjoy it? 
uh, like the child acting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I remember having a good time. I was in a bunch of like Chuck E. Cheese commercials. Shut up. I feel like we, I could find them for you. That oh, is the most oh iconic thing I've ever heard. I was playing such like ski ball. Like, uh, like that's the coolest like yeah, that is. acting you could ever do. I did a, I did a SpongeBob SquarePants um commercial. Oh. Um, for like wow, you were booked items. and busy. I was, you know what? She Can I tell was. you this? The biggest flex I think of my life so far is like how booked I was as a child because I was <sighs> such a ham, and like I would do anything. So this, there was one commercial yeah. I did where, you remember the SpongeBob song that's like in the boo, of course, and yeah, ripped, ripped his, his pants. pants. So they were selling SpongeBob underwear, oh. and I, the, <laughs> this is true. This sounds like made up, but the commercial was a kid that was willing to sing that song and then turn around and bend over and rip their pants and have the SpongeBob underwear <laughs> underneath. And I was just, you're like, me, 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 willing, me, 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 yeah. I was willing to go there in the audition. Yeah. Like I'm going to, I was like, it. I was like, I'll do it. I'm obsessed with you you're saying like, I was not? willing to go there. She's like, I was willing. <laughs> I was, uh, you being I like, was getting into my get to character stuff. Me I was a method actor. Okay. And see, I am wait, that, that is, is incredible. That is a flex. It was a, it was a fun time. And we started to feel like I don't know, you we were really, you know, I I enjoyed homeschooling, but it was isolating and we were I'm like sure. around you know, it was though a a lot of being around adults. Like that world is a, adults. I'm sure. So uh, growing up I think it has so much to do with how and why I am the way I am now. And something interesting I thought you were talking about was like having all these like grown men making comments about like Ew, it's who disgusting. you are and the art you make and, do, and of course your physical appearance. And mm -hmm. like, yeah, when you spend a lot of time as a younger person around adults, you really lose a sense of like, I mean, for me, it became like learning people pleasing techniques and learning mm -hmm. how to like act like an adult mm -hmm. and and you know be like really warm and personable and cute like a kid but like really professional like show up and know your lines and like be like really on your best behavior yeah and that has really like that's become inherent to like how I know how to like take a meeting or like move yeah. through the professional world of music Mm -hmm. And had a lot to like, that was how I think I got into the label world was by like presenting, like mm. I'm a professional and you can like, I'll show up and I'll do the thing. Yeah. And so I, I wasn't really, I went out of my way to labels to go like, please sign me. Wow. You know, I've got no connections and like, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not just out here doing it and you want me. I'm like, mm -hmm. please give me a. Were you, were you writing songs before you came to label? Were you like going to labels with demos? How, yeah. how did you do that? Were you emailing, like cold emailing people or? Yeah. <laughs> Sick. I was in a band um, when I was like 20 and um, my, uh, my manager who then became my manager for many, many years, like came to a show okay. and he helped me, you know, start like putting something together and reaching yeah. out to people but yeah it was basically just me and him like help yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 totally I feel like there is kind of a thing maybe it's 
the internet are kind of a Gen Z thing. I feel like I, I have a tendency to shit on Gen Z and I'm not trying to. I love them. But <laughs> I love them we too. Know. But there is a thing. It exists in like millennial too. But there's kind of this like, ooh, like I don't want to look desperate. I don't want it. Like I, I want to be mm. cool, whatever. Like when you are getting started or even now where you're like, my resources are limited asking for help from people and cold emailing oh, people yeah. that you admire and that you want to work with or mm-hmm. just like doing every possible thing which is often embarrassing to put yourself into the situation you want to be in is so crucial and I think underrated sometimes I think yeah. that there's like occasionally and maybe this is kind of also the label mindset and in a way I think it's this is me being like a conspiracist but I don't think it I think it's true in a way, I think this is kind of used to control artists and like keep them in their lane is like, oh, no, the artists don't really do that. Like you need a manager yeah. to reach out. You need. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that for you. Totally. When in reality, like the best thing you can do for yourself is make it personal talk to people. Too. Totally. Yeah. Make it personal. That's how make we people care. That's how kid we um bought. We worked with Mike Crossy. He does like mm-hmm. all the 1975 albums or whatever. That's how we he produced our album our kid album and that we just tweeted him and he was like email me your stuff and then we worked with him and that was like our doing and that's when we were signed to the label which is hilarious because i've seen like a nice influx of and i feel like this maybe is a gen z trait and you can tell me like what you think but when i was younger caring or like appearing like you cared was like really not cool oh yeah like Mm -hmm. even though like the hustle is so real yeah what you want to appear as is like you don't care like and I feel like that's maybe it's I was born in the 90s right Mm -hmm. so it feels very millennial yeah like it's like you know it's cooler to just be like oh they were just you know oasis they just became the biggest (laughs) band in the world and they didn't even care and you know like emailing the brother like like, like (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) can you imagine like that's not that's not cool right and like now I feel like we're starting to come around to like I mean I think because you can see you there's no way you can convince me you don't care if you're posting like yeah. a ton of shit all the time yeah. like of course you care right even if that content is like passive mm-hmm. you're yeah, still yeah, yeah. actively caring and I almost mm-hmm. I feel like Gen Z is more willing to talk about how caring is cool again yeah mm-hmm. and like I think that that benefits people like us who come from hustle culture also because it's like it just gives us a little bit more like cultural permission or something to care outwardly yeah and Mm -hmm. to let people know specifically our fans because I know this period for me is all about letting my fans know that I've always cared and that I will continue to care and actually I'm going to care now more than ever and that's something that I think helps them feel like they're a part of it and when you're independent you need every last fan because you're not having people do marketing that's for like discovery anymore yeah. like everything is about maintaining the core fans that you have and, nurturing, and giving, it. nurturing them to feel like they can go tell their friends about it and mm-hmm. that's how you build yeah rather mm-hmm. than having these companies dump all this marketing you know money behind something and then making ads and putting them everywhere because it usually doesn't work totally yeah, like you like swipe totally well, to like bit to build a career you genuinely have people have to care right and there 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 is a level and this is one of the biggest things I've learned being independent is like 
there is a level of money or, you know, kind of a dollar amount you can put into things for discovery that make that easier because the, the, there are a lot of kind of walls up because there's so much music being released every day and so mm-hmm. much content in everyone's face all the time where, you know, things like playlisting and whatever, although that stuff is important and sometimes kind of can cost money to just just to have people around you to help you know even if it's just in the back end like in commissions exactly it costs costs a lot it costs money and that's Mm -hmm. why labels are doing well it's like they control so much of that and that is what it is but like at the end of the day you know besides some of the discovery like the most important thing you can have is just people who really care and like I mean, I I feel you. That's like the biggest thing I've learned. It's like, oh my God, there are people that have been with me like at the start of my career up till now where I'm like, wow, they like I literally would not be able to do what I do if if they didn't care. Like those are truly, truly the people. I die for the girls and gays. Yeah, the girls and the gays. They like keep you having a job. Seriously. I would literally I'm like I I mean, I sound like such a, like, thank you. <laughs> no, but for real, though. I'm not that. But it's true where you you realize that, that when you're on your own. comes with being on your own. A hundred percent. You're like, uh, yeah, you can't uh, manufacture this. Absolutely. And you're real people. And yeah. you also, like, if, if we're going to, like, let's win together kind of thing. And, like, yeah. the community aspect. I lo- I wasn't really, like that wasn't prioritized when I was on the label because it wasn't necessary. Yeah. And I think I wanted to feel separate from the community Same. because I had been in, like I came from an era where, you know, I came from the iconography era. Yeah. You like, want to be like somewhat unattainable. Yeah. 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 And I had just like, when everything started really going to shit, I had just come off a tour um, with Louis Capaldi opening his, arena tour crazy so like you can imagine i don't know Mm -hmm. you just feel like you're like it's not about the individual fan when you're Mm -hmm. playing to an arena it's about filling a massive space with what you do and like i came off of that tour as a result of covid like shutting the borders down and it's just kind of been like this insane like that was really what started the dropping process that like the dropping process took a really long time and i think it was a direct result of the infrastructures just getting like absolutely fucked. Uh Um, And I think that helped me too with, you know, not to divert too much from what we were talking about, but just with not, not taking it too personally, like uh, the morning thing, I think you, you're inevitably going to feel rejected. Yeah. But also I felt like I was kind of um, experiencing something, you know, that made sense based on the world around me. Mm-hmm. And when everything too was like so bad on such a grand level, it helped me kind of zoom out and not really like care as much about myself yeah. in that moment as I did about like, wow, the world is like really hurting right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that. Yeah. It maybe, yeah, makes it less personal and less this is about me of course it always feels so personal i know everything you know like not not like Like, tea but like my label my label just became such a girl boss territory where it's like can you say what label it is uh i mean it was a subsidiary of capital records okay i don't know what i'm a lot i mean i think like i can i mean everyone knows what label you're on because 
right it, yeah right. it was on, they can so google that there. they can google yeah, it was harvest records which is you know all of it is umg obviously okay. which is the you know universal music group is the umbrella company and then capital records was above that and then or sorry just below that and then harvest was the label i was on which is like the indie label and capital was just kind of like shifting into this like you know everybody was a girl boss like all the teams were you know women and all of the like the ceo and the, you know like the people at the very top were women and i think that that was so performative and like so icky like you're like women are bad <laughs> you're like hire some old men come on you know, i know i know what you you think you're saying that like no it's specifically hiring it women because they're women like in the girl bossery of that felt performative and felt like like diversity hire thing kind of what what it felt like was I don't think people understand that like when we get this I don't know how I got on this tangent so I'm so sorry no like, I love it's, that it makes no never sense. I love what you're talking about all we do is our whole podcast yeah that's I'm just ripping here but I um it. I don't know I I feel like when you let identity lead the conversation mm-hmm um you forget that power is inherently evil and anyone who holds a ton of power is had to do evil shit to mm-hmm. to get into that position and it does not matter that they're a woman and you also have to imagine how much more evil that had to be because women are minority in the workforce mm-hmm. women are like up against such a bigger hurdle when it comes to like advancing in a career and being given power and so like I was really signed under the guise of like women helping women and then mm. I think I was dropped under this like because I just started to like see through it and like see it as like this big performative like I don't know like back padding like uh just uh, toxic environment of like using that as a way to dismiss a lot of like really shitty practices have you seen tar no i'm i'm I'm, like not ready to be need traumatized okay well when you're ready to be traumatized watch tar why'd you come on this pod then babe (laughs) come on for the trauma come on for the trauma leave for the drama um (laughs) but um i think there's and interesting that you should watch the movie Tar when you are ready to be traumatized. So, but one of the things I think that I took from Tar, it's not like a theme, but kind of is that I think sometimes we do. This is not us ragging on women, by the way. We love women. Um, but I think sometimes when be- women get in positions of power, because it is more rare that they are, they our tendency sometimes is to like con- make it not easy for other women to also obtain it. It's like, oh, there's only this many spaces for women. I have one of them and we're good now. Like, that's enough. So totally. You, you hate know? women. I do hate women. No, no, <laughs> no I'm saying- literally, I literally hate women. <laughs> I think it's more like, like, okay. risk, like just knowing. I mean, you are a woman, right? And like, we love women. And so to see women used as like, uh, you know, like 
I don't know, like manipulated to present as something, you know, like that, that really hurts me, I think. I think it's also that at the end of the day, I was just talking to someone else about this. Some I was talking about this to someone else yesterday, because at the end of the day, I think where it feels performative is that their bosses are still men. And at the top, it's generally mm-hmm. still men. So it's kind of like you have these like performative hires of women to be like, look at all the women we hire. Yeah, on the it's indie like, label. They're like, yeah. we'll just th- throw all the women at the indie label. And yeah, make it a girl boss label. Yeah. And so I think that's where it kind of gets weird is it feels performative sometimes. But also, I think, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that there can be, and maybe this is kind of sometimes inherent in women. There sometimes is this like competition and feeling like I've gotten here and so now my work here is done. Like, did I start talking I, about this because of Gen Z? Is that where I was No, like, I think we were just talking about the label and your your qualms with label and you were like, there's so much girl bossery. Uh-huh. And sometimes the girl bossery can be toxic. I think we all know that. Yeah, like, babes. we love being girl bosses, but at the same time, sometimes the girl bossery, you know, goes a little far. Totally. Or can like um be used as a way to be attractive to someone who yeah. genuinely cares about women mm-hmm. getting you know equal opportunity and mm-hmm. then turned around on you as like psych like none of these women give a shit about you like yeah <laughs> like they do like they're not here to help you like inevitably people with power are there to exploit you yeah like period yeah, yeah. and that's what period. labels do they're they're hired to ex- exploit artists that's that's what we do they, they wouldn't we, have a business otherwise that's right. what i'm gonna sit right. here in my little independent <laughs> bubble <laughs> With my At girls the end of the, yeah. Well, because then if then the exploitation of self is like a self it, when it's beneficial to you, that's that's it. That's what mm-hmm. it. That's what we're doing. And like I, I was relieved at the very least to to get to try doing it a different way. Where and it really did give me so much more ambition to be like anything that I do now is to empower myself. Mm. and um not you know to go to pay back this enormous debt that I'm in or to make these people feel like they did something or to like make them feel good about what they do because also like as we all know like labels don't really help that much with with that much they're like in general yeah they're a bank and again the best case scenario is that you feel neutral about your label and you hopefully have some people that care about your project and care at the right time and can advance it at the right time and all of that. But man, it is such a like political game. Uh-huh. It's it's really hard to navigate and I don't know. I think we're just doing so great. weird. Like I, mean, I like low key still alive. <laughs> I low key like liked my label, but like still didn't I'm like trying to think of like who I didn't like I liked everybody we worked with but I think it's just the it's the, the whole thing, thing as the whole it's the collective right? like it's, I'm like yeah. I like like them blah, 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 but then it's just yeah the collective I think <laughs> also yeah. like you weren't you weren't given options like at that time like yeah and that's a the independent like route it's not that it wasn't an option for you, but like it, it wasn't in like the zeitgeist or whatever, or like yeah, the understanding totally. of how yeah. you pursue a career. Now mm-hmm. it's all I can 
all I hear now is like, yeah. oh, don't don't take that deal. Like mm -hmm. you're doing so well, like don't sign. And all I heard growing up was like, when are you going to sign a record deal? Yeah. You know, know. it's just, it's changed. Like we're not, yeah. we're not, um, you know, looking at it in the, in the same way culturally anymore, which is really, really nice. And I, I've said this before, but I feel like artists like us were, were just come from an era where we had to walk so that others can run after us. And mm. you take a lot of hits for that. And like, you established a lot of ground so that artists of, you know, the Gen Z artists and the the TikTok artists and the artists that are using these new tools that we didn't have when we were starting, like they get to now run with something that I really feel like if you hadn't had your experience of like going and getting into the trenches of a label and figuring all of that out and like, you know, just yeah. being an example of mm -hmm. how things can go and how they go well and how they don't like people like us, I really feel have um, made it possible for people to know uh, that, you know, we're talking about it now so much Absolutely. more transparently. And yeah, we wouldn't yeah. be able to if we hadn't had this lived experience. 100%. And we're actually, the founding mothers think, of the new generation. We're your mommies. We're your Mother. Dropped mommies. <laughs> <laughs> Something about your it can... like, feels peaceful. I'm it like, does. it was sure. really, really hard and you put up with a lot. But I'm I'm in a phase of my career now. I'm I'm really, really excited about the prospect of like working with other people yeah. and like you know like i casey and i have worked together cute i'd love song. to hear that when's um, it drop got a song and um i mean in even not being on the music but just yeah. helping to develop 100%. people and be a part of the creative process for younger artists like i feel like i have so much um so much that i can like help with just like them understand like questions that I had that there was nobody around to be like oh yeah it's, it's like this yeah like yeah. I'm just really excited to take all of the shit and apply it to something yeah. meaningful and kind of keep it moving that way and yeah independence is like so far um such a more meaningful experience Literally. anybody who's yeah. like do I sign I mean, do what you got to do, but just know that independence is an option that is so viable mm -hmm. and then actually like a really meaningful way to go about it. And ultimately, the wins are so much sweeter mm -hmm. and the trials are just like lessons Mm -hmm. and you don't really feel like you're getting like fucking shafted you just feel like yeah. you're you know learning and growing you kind of like generally only have yourself to blame or not yeah. not in a bad like in a you're like oh, okay cool let me change this as opposed to trying to change this company around me or whatever it's like i can you can change the sails you know you can mm -hmm. but you can't change the waters i just made that up i like that. Ah, good one baby <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I've never sailed in my life. I don't even know if you, you can start. Sales. You're assigned to start. <laughs> anyway, no, I really like what are you actually. working on now? Are you planning yeah, on releasing an album, an EP? <laughs> Give us the update. When, is this, when does this come out? This comes out next week. Mm, what, to Wednesday. Mm. Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, I'll just say that there's more music coming super super soon and that, oh my god we're yeah. at the edge of our seats babe that's so sweet and yeah i'm 
this this first single and first video was really just like the start of a season of new stuff from me amazing i'm really really excited i'm so excited and very proud of you and i think this the song is beautiful also produced by mutual friends dagger who i love dagger who is amazing incredible and like just the the coolest sweetest people the coolest we we wrote the song the first day that we hung out really yeah and um it pretty much just like remained as it was um, I love that. They were just so, so nice to me and just so, it was such a warm process and they're so funny and yeah. they're, I just love, I love them. I worked with Veronica, who's half of Dagger. She engineered for me a lot on my second album. Such a funny person. So funny. So good to have around. So good to have around. And I'm just so happy you guys have worked together because I have so many fond memories of working with her. Even like she was just engineering for me and she's just fucking best. And I'm just so excited for your new music. Thank you so much. So So proud of you doing your chatting with me. You were oh thank you. So nice to me when that happened when you first reached out and you were like, hey, uh, I'm here to chat. You met up with me like you just wanted to like let me know that there was someone to talk to if I needed to and you had so many resources and like just so much insight and it's just been nice to like meet someone so like um girl boss just like <laughs> period just willing to willing to like open up a friendship because that's really hard the older oh, that yeah. we get to be like hey do you want to be friends and Casey did that it was really 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 nice you're that like hey you so want to be nice. friends it was I know. cute. I like, am you such know. a like you want to be friends person. <laughs> it was nice. Like, like come over and meet my cat. That is so mean. You know it. Is. Yeah, very but 1000%. Like, these are my plants. <laughs> I someone to look at my garden. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is my garden. I'm like, like, I'm growing so dill, lettuce, peak, radishes. Those are beak. You're like, In I the just back, we have cookies. <laughs> You're like, I just made cookies. You want one? I did do that last like, time sure. you came over. Karen and I have known each other for yeah. years. So, but I did do that. I didn't do that. I know, it's and really we love nice. it. My love language is acts of service. And it is apparent in yeah. everything. So um, thanks for noticing. <laughs> I love That's it, babes. Love. I really like uh, speaking to you both. Yeah, come on. Babe. Come come back again anytime. Back anytime. We'd love sure. to have you. Um, I wish I was in the room with you guys. I know, I know. same. It feels wrong looking at you. I know. So yeah, close, it so sure far. does feel wrong looking at me. I'm looking all red. That's I keep okay. being like, what's going on here? You look good. You look good. I need to neutralize. <laughs> neutralize. Um, okay, wait. Mm-hmm. Have we been talking for an hour? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus go leave. Your Christ. dog's getting okay. spayed. Oh, God. I forgot yeah. I had that to deal with. Okay, thank you so much. We're obsessed thank with you. you. Um, can't good. wait for the for the new music and good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>